Thank you for listening to this Podcast One production. Available on Apple Podcasts and Podcast One. Hey, Jordan Harbinger here. Subscribe to the only show that will show you how to apply the world's greatest ideas from the most striking minds. After presenting more than a thousand interviews, I couldn't be more compelled to introduce you to the Jordan Harbinger Show. We've got spies and CEOs, athletes and authors from Kobe Bryant to Malcolm Gladwell, Tony Hawk and Howie Mandel to the chairman of Google, founders of LinkedIn and Instagram, antiquities smugglers, con men, brilliant scientists, national heroes, and even the head of the CIA. Listed as Apple's best of 2018 and countless other awards that, let's be honest, you probably don't care about right now. So come and have a listen for yourself and join me as we exploit the superpowers of the world's most incredible thinkers, amazing achievers, and iconic change makers with their insights delivered right into your mind. You'll get that blueprint of their brilliance each week so that you can learn to live what you listen. Subscribe right now to The Jordan Harbinger Show, available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you're listening now. Napa know-how. This month, Napa's got all kinds of motor oil deals that can save you some serious cash, like a five-quart jug of Napa Full Synthetic Motor Oil for just $16.49. With savings like that, you may start feeling like a VIP, but don't let it go to your head. These oil deals are for everyone. Quality parts, helpful people. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. General states pricing. Sales prices not include applicable state local taxes or recycling fees. Offer ends 831.20. May the force be with you, everyone. It is episode 22 of Rule of Two. It's the official Jedi Council spinoff show on the main channel Collider video and on Podcast One, the Jedi Council Podcast One feed. Mark Fernandez, Darth Sidious, how are you? I'm good, man. I'm very excited about today's show because we have a wonderful guest joining us. Yes, this worked out perfectly. We're, look, we're going to change things up today a little bit. Yes. Okay, we're getting we're getting real. We're getting almost newsworthy. Okay? This is our first uh, real kind of yeah, we're breaking news it. kind of thing. We have a responsibility in the community to sort of be authentic to our opinions and our voice and our love yes. of Star Wars. So we are gonna, we're going to bypass the cold open that we usually do. Correct. And we're just going to get right into it. So... I'll just say it really say it. quick so that we can get officially started. Yes. Rise. Perfect. We All needed right. that there. <laughs> we needed so, that there. So without further ado, I want to make a little introduction of somebody that we have on the line with us. Yes, we have a very first caller for Rule of Two and uh, one that you guys know Something happened over the past 24 hours on the recording of this episode, which is episode 22. And uh, Mark Fernandez, please, I want you to uh, finish this out. Yeah, so look, I can't tell you how happy I am that we have Star Wars Theory on the line with us. Star Wars Theory, are you there? I am here. Hey, guys. How you doing? I'm Welcome. doing good, man. Thank you for, for being part of the show today. Thanks for having me. Just to give everybody a sneak peek out there for the Rule of Two listeners, uh, Star Wars Theory actually will be with us next week. Uh, in person. In so, person, so, not just a hologram from a ship. We're yeah. going to actually have you in person here. And you're not going to force project, right? You're going to be the real thing. No, it's, it's the real deal, man. I'm going to be there. Okay, all perfect. Right, all right, awesome. <laughs> Look, we can't wait to have you in the studio. But let, let's just talk a little bit, um, just to give a little bit of context. Star Wars Theory, obviously... Uh, released uh, uh, Vader Shards from the Past, which is a wonderful fan film. Fantastic film that we, we gushed over on our last episode. Yeah, you know, um, we, you. We, we had a, a really in-depth discussion, I think, about, um, you know, what it means to have skin in the game, you know, mm -hmm. and, and, and I know a lot of the commenters kept posting skin in the game, skin in the game, skin yeah. in the game, skin in the game. But it's true. Like, when somebody has skin in the game, the quality of the content changes. Yeah, you, you put your money where your mouth is, to use a term from Fernandez, but also it just shows you the lengths you'll go to to show your passion for this mythology, this saga, everything Star Wars. And it, it's something to right. be commended. Yeah, so, so, so basically SWT. So give me a little bit of background about how this whole project even started. Yeah. Oh, man, uh, like making a Vader fan film was something I always wanted to do as a kid. Like he's the coolest character, in my opinion. So – Finally, I made the channel and all that, and Danny contacted me. We got in touch around February of 2017, and we pretty much just started from there. I mean, he was like, well, what do you want to happen? And I was like, well, I want Mace to come back. That's what I want to happen. So uh, we started you know, writing the script, and then we got you know, the concept art, and yeah, it just went from there. And so, so you wrote the script? Uh, it was me, Danny, and another gentleman named Nikolai. 
who okay. lives in Sweden, I believe. Excellent, excellent. And like, look, for me, when I, when I, um, and we spoke about this in last week's episode a little bit, but when I see sharks from the past, what, what I get out of it is the continuation of this amazing story about Anakin Skywalker, Darth Vader, his regrets, his, you know, his, his angst, his, un, his unresolved issues, and his ongoing uh, resentment for the Emperor. And, and I, you know, I think that that's such a, an incredible through line that connects you know, the prequels to um, the original trilogy. Were you coming at it from the point of view of trying to have a little bit of a renaissance in the George Lucas mentality of it? Or were you more inspired by some of the newer Disney uh, uh, takes on Star Wars? No, 100% George Lucas inspired. Mm -hmm. Um, Basically, it's supposed to take place eight months after Revenge of the Sith. And we're trying to connect that bridge between the ultimate, you know, cool Darth Vader that we know, this callous machine, and the extremely emotional uh, Anakin that we saw in Episode 3 and Episode 2 even. Yeah, that. So, yeah, you see that transition there, and, and that's what we were trying to portray, and we're following Vader's journey through that. And that that, that read perfectly. I mean, that makes a ton of sense too. When you think about the mythology of Vader now, too, over the years, we've unmasked him. George Lucas did that. We had the man behind the mask. Who was he? Who is Darth Vader? We learn all about him mm-hmm. with Anakin and the prequels. But what I love is your your attention to detail and looking at it as at Padme is really the, the, the character I'm getting to. Because that, to me, I, I remember this art that I saw with uh, Vader in Padme's tomb, and he's, like, resting his hand on, on, her, on her tomb. Yeah. Yeah. And it just, there was something yeah. about that image, the starkness of it, that, that you have Vader, the man in the mask, but you know that inside there is maybe good in him. There is still that, that tortured soul. Um, it, it Was that by design? I mean, did you decide, yeah, we're going to go in... And is it Padme that really got you into it, or was it like the revenge against the Emperor angle? Is there a little bit of both? A little bit of everything. I mean, first of all, we, we wanted to bring Mace back, and, and how it was originally going to start was um, we were going to kind of go, have you read the book, uh, The Dark Lord, The Rise of Darth Vader? No. No. Okay, basically, and it's a Legends book for when George was in charge, and it takes place pretty much right after Revenge of the Sith, where Palpatine sends Vader back to the Jedi Temple, and he's like, look, there's some holocrons in the temple. We want to we want to get them, we want to collect them. And he goes back in there, and we were basically going to have Mace, you know, rummaging through the temple, trying to find some lost stuff before he, you know, goes into hiding again. Long story short, we came to the story that we have, and we're like, let's make it more in-depth. Let's, you know, make it all about, not all about, but a lot about Padme, and um, kind of show his character arc that he's not just this dude in a mask. Right? Yeah. You know, a lot of people kind of went at me on Twitter a little bit because I have – I'm obviously like a prequelist. I love the prequels. I love all of Star Wars. Yeah. But, 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 you know, to me, the prequels yeah. speak on a very profound level, you know, even though there's something yeah. to be desired perhaps on the execution of some things, some acting, some whatever. I, I love the stories of the prequels, and they're, they're very, very inspiring to me. Um, yeah, I love them. Yeah, and, and, you know, to me, one of the um, things that I thought was very, very uh, interesting um, about uh, this, this uh, you know, short film that you did was how, um, you know, Anakin and uh, Darth Vader now blames the Emperor a little bit more for the death of Padme. And, I, and I've often postulated that the prequels are actually about Sheev Palpatine trying to kill Padme mm. and that he used because that's how he's able to subvert the Nubian government and take over Naboo, become the chancellor and then eventually the emperor. And Padme was always standing in his way. Mm. And, you know, through, you know, like in the first film, you, you know, he flat out says it, you know, eliminate all of them. And then by the end, yeah. he gets a win-win situation where he gets Anakin to become his apprentice, and he's able to mask the death of Padme. Perhaps Anakin did it. Perhaps he did it. However it is, it was orchestrated beautifully. Do you subscribe to that theory that I have that you know Palpatine's – one of his major goals was the – murder of Padme and that now maybe Darth Vader is trying to get a little bit of wise to that angle? Um, part of me kind of subscribes to it, but the other part is also, you know, 
Palpatine was a genius, and he never did the dirty work himself. He always had other people do it. So he spent his you know, his whole life and career at, uh, trying to turn Anakin and manipulate him. So he finally did, and all he had to do was unleash him. So once he did that, Anakin you know, choked her out, and she was already pregnant. She fell, hit her head, mm. and who knows what happened from there. Um, mm. The whole, you know, dying because she was sad thing. I mean, we saw that with, you know, Carrie Fisher's mother, rest in peace, Yeah. Uh, right after Carrie Fisher died. Mm-hmm. So it can happen in real life. Do, do you think that the, the, that the Vader that's in your film blames himself or blames the Emperor more? Who does he place more blame on of the death of Padme? No, the Emperor. Yeah. I would say it tracks. He's like, look what you made me do. Yeah. Yeah. I think he's. I think it's a classic Sith move to to blame the other person or you know not take any credit you know and and also another classic Sith move is that he can use that anger towards Emperor to take over. I mean he's yeah. he wants to kill him and be the yeah. master. Yeah. So so look, yeah. Let, let, let's hop off the content a little bit and talk a little bit more about some of the uh, potentially more. Not uglier side, but some of the the realities. Of, the realities, yeah. Of some of the stuff that that you do. First of all, I think it's really, really important for the audience to hear, and, and feel free to discuss it as much or as little as you want. But what is the mentality that goes through? Um, and a lot of people corrected me, and I stand corrected, and I apologize for the for the false number, but that you actually spent somewhere in the neighborhood of one hundred and fifty thousand dollars putting this film together. First of all, is that number accurate? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So so what what is the mentality that goes through a fan such as yourself that really says I'm going to put everything on the line? Like what's the thought process there? There isn't like really isn't thought, any thought process at all. I mean, logically it sounds stupid, but um it, it's really all just emotion. Um I run off emotion a lot. So for me, it's just something I really wanted to do, and and sure, the you know, money factor comes in there, but at the end of the day, I just wanted to make it, so I did. And you did. And so, did you crowdfund? Did you raise the money yourself? Private invest uh, investors? Max out your credit cards? What? How did you do it? No, um, YouTube is my career, okay. and I've been on there for two and a half years, and that's yeah, that's how I make my money. Right. Um, I couldn't crowdfund. Lucasfilm said, you know, you can't crowdfund. Fine. Okay. No okay. And you can't monetize the video. So I also didn't monetize it. So it's really just a passion project. And everyone that came on this were, they were very passionate about Star Wars. And they just, we just came together and you know, created this for the love of what George made. So back in the old days, George had more specific, I, I believe. And again, I'm, I'm speaking a little bit without a lot of facts here, but. I've always sort of heard of that back in the old days, George uh, Lucasfilm and George Lucas himself, they had a big respect for what was coming out of the fan fiction world. Um, they also had like annual tournaments for light, lightsaber, uh, you know, videos and, mm-hmm. and, and lightsaber, you know, uh, fights and stuff like this. Um, yeah. They had feature length yeah. fan, fan fiction. There was a system in place to deal with the fan fiction uh, thing. Yeah, they, had, what, they. I mean, they had they had contests. They would go to a Star Wars celebration and play all those those sure, they shorts, had awards right? and all yeah. these kinds of things. Yeah, they loved the fans. They mm-hmm. they were very encouraging of, of everything to do with the fandom because right. at the end of the day, just like my subscribers, you know, are what give me a job. The the fans are what give you know Star Wars a job. <laughs> yeah, they let it happen. Yeah, and so so tell me a little bit about what was the process, if any, when you decided, hey, I'm going to do this. Did you did you reach out to the current fan fiction team? Like, how, how how does that process work now under Disney? Yeah, so basically, I mean, it was months of uh, Danny, the director, and I reaching out to Lucasfilm, and um, we would get you know the guys just at fan relations and stuff, and and we kept pressing and we kept going you know through different mediums, and finally we got to the the man himself, you know, the head of the head. I'm I'm not going to name him because I don't know if he wants to be named, but uh, the head of fan relations and. This guy worked with George, and he's written books on Vader, and he's very respectable. And he said, uh, okay, look, we understand what you want to do. Uh, you want to make a fan film of this caliber. Um, here are the rules. As long as you stick within the rules, you're going to be fine. So good luck. Okay. And that was it. 
What are some of those rules, if you don't mind me asking? Like any kind of just basic guidelines, or is it just like you can't touch this character? No, no, no. Uh, it was open reign, basically. But okay. they said, money-wise, you can't crowdfund. Right. Um, you can't monetize the video. And you got to let your fans know that it's not canon. Ah, uh, okay. And how, how did you let the fans know it wasn't canon? Is there a disclaimer? I... That's funny to me. That that's funny uh, that it's I like mean, they make a point to to say that this is not canon, which uh, I would have taken it yeah. as canon the way it turned out. But that's me personally. To me, it's a little bit canon already. Yeah. It feels canon, man. Good job, yeah, the SWT, because like Thanks. you got you got some canoners here who actually want who look I who has we, trouble with the can't keeping up with the current canon in all the comics and the and the books. I actually we did a whole episode on you know are the the spinoff materials, the books, the comics, you know. Is it hurting the movies? Because you have to follow some of these things just to know that Holdo had purple hair. Yeah, yeah. and like actually that's a very interesting yeah. point. I'd love to get your take on this. So we had this theory on the show that, you know, I think the title of the show was Did Canon Did Disney Canon Kill the New Star Wars or something along that something dramatic like, it's line. It's the canon hurting the Star Wars. Yeah, yeah something movie, like that. Something and like, right. like our whole theory was that when George looked at Legends or the expanded universe as they called it back then. He in one uh, um, uh, Lucasfilm magazine or whatever that used to be published back in the old days had this amazing line where he said, the way that you should look at canon is that the movies are the sort of uh, first-hand observers of what's going on. Mm -hmm. And everything else in the expanded universe are legends that are being told by people that are coming from tertiary sources, sources more down the line. So even though it's all real – like the like like the specifics of the events are a little bit harder to track because it might have happened a long time ago or or it might be an unreliable source, but it all existed in the same soup, and it seems that now right. it's it's much harder for people to go off on this imaginative journeys because the canon thing has been sort of uh, become a little bit more strict. What are your thoughts on that? Um, I really like the the legends, or I mean, well, the, the canon back in the day. I thought it was pretty fun. Um, I feel like Disney is rewriting things. Uh, yeah. Which you know, whatever they want to do, what they want to do, that's fine. Um, it was a big pill to swallow for you can imagine for a lot of the, the huge Star Wars fans that have you know so much knowledge with all of the, the expanded universe. Now they're basically like, no, it doesn't exist anymore. So. Um, yeah, it was definitely a big pill to swallow, but I like the comics. I like the Vader comics. They did a really good job on those. Um, everything else, I guess we'll see. I don't know. Yeah, I'm with you. I mean, when 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 they announced that the expanded universe was was really non-existent anymore, or mm -hmm. call it legends, and that this is new canon, I think a lot of us Timothy Zahn fans who you know yeah. sort of grew up with the, the the only Star Wars we had after Return of the Jedi was those Timothy Zahn novels. Yeah. And so yeah. to wipe those away, and even more so, I loved Darth Plagueis. Darth Plagueis is one of those books that is just, yeah. you know, you get Sheev Palpatine. You get, you know, the the idea of who Plagueis is that can set up Revenge of the Sith. And to tell me that they're not – that's not canon anymore, I'm <laughs> yeah. like, come on. Can we, can we maybe cherry pick that, yeah. which I think you're alluding to. Uh, with they're kind of redoing it, but they, you know, Kylo Ren, they kind of took that as Jason Solo. You yeah, know? and like, yeah. look, to ask you one, one for me, I've been, I've been having this question in my mind since I saw the movie. Ultimately, knowing, like you said, that you can't monetize it, that you can't get any support with the funding, that it's completely built out of passion, that it's completely built out of a desire to get the story out. At the end of the day, when you boil it all down, why did you make the movie? Like, what are you? What did you want to get out of it? I just wanted to make something really cool happen. Like, just I'm a content creator. You know, like YouTube is my career. I, I love making fan fictions. I love making stories and you know what ifs and thinking of this and that. Um, for me, I just wanted to see something on a grander scale. Hmm. And uh, you know, when when they did come back to me and they were like, you know, you can't make money from it. I was like, so basically, I'm gonna. I can't crowdfund, so I got to use my own money, and I can't make money back from it by monetizing it. So, really, I'm just you know putting my money out there. Yeah. And um, I thought about it for a while, and you know, I told Danny, I'm like, dude, I, I can't do this. Like, this doesn't make sense. And I just eventually did it, you know, and that was it. Like, obviously, the channel is going to get great publicity from it, and that's 
that's uh, that's always great and that's always awesome. I'd be lying if I said that's not great. Right. Mm-hmm. But that was never the point. You know, the point was to make a beautiful story and I love when people feel emotion and stuff like that from a story that I can tell or be a part of or try to make. So that was the main point behind this. Yeah, I mean, look, it's I kind of conjectured that, but it's really good to hear you say it because it validates even what we do here, right? It's all about creating yeah. content. Mm-hmm. It's all about having fun while we're doing it and being proud of the content that we put out. So now to sort of shift the tables a little bit, talk yeah. a little bit more about the sort of dark side, if if you will. Um, yeah. it, it turns out that uh, yesterday you get a notice from YouTube, um, a copyright notice uh, from a few different sources uh, Warner Chapel, I believe. Warner Chapel, uh, right? You know, the Walt yeah. Disney Music mm-hmm. Company. I believe there was about six different claims uh, from the notice yeah. that I saw. And me being a YouTube content uh, owner, I get those claims as well, so I'm a little bit familiar with the process. Um, what What can you tell us about how all that is going on? And is it true that the video now is in fact being monetized by one of these six companies? Oh, yeah. You go to that video, you're going to see ads on it now. Um, so Warner Chapel uh, has claimed it as theirs. And, uh, yeah, they're, they, they got not even Lucasfilm is getting the money. It's now Warner Chapel, which is uh, with Disney. So Okay. And uh, was it over the, the use of the Imperial March? Is that correct? Yeah, it was a rendition of uh, the Imperial March. And right. I think it was like a few seconds worth. And so they... They so they're claiming the, the whole thing. They claimed the entire movie. And have you thought about taking the movie down and cutting that out and putting it back up? I have, but I feel like they would just find something else. Yeah, I think they would. I, I think that I think what you did is that you made a hell of a movie. And to go back to your previous point, you know, whether or not you're going to use your own money to do this and could you do it, but you really wanted to make something, you're a content creator. Well, you made something and the passion shows through so much so this thing goes viral. This thing hit, what, 5 million views at one point? I think the last time I checked. And so. Yeah, it's a 6.5. 6.5. 6.5 million views. That's yeah. a lot. That's a, a lot of Star Wars weeks, fans yeah. enjoying your work. And so it shows. And I think you got you're on the map, obviously already. But this you, yeah. you you talked about you know bringing a little bit of publicity to your your channel. I mean, not to ask you a, a, an obvious question, but you ha- maybe had to know this might happen with like a big Disney, a big Warner Chapel. Like, did you expect that, or were you like Lucasfilm no, said to follow these guidelines? And okay, yeah, I because yeah, once I once I spoke to. The, the head guy at fan relations at Lucasfilm, I'm like, okay, you know, if I don't make money from it, I don't monetize it, I don't pull in a cent from it, and uh, I don't crowdfund, mm-hmm. we have an agreement. We're okay. Like, Lucasfilm is the top dog, but... But it was all a handshake. It was all a handshake uh, agreement. Yeah. And yeah, handshake agreement. Let, let's even go a little deeper. Was there any contracts brought up? Did you have to sign something, or was it just over the phone? No. And you thought, okay, no, yeah, yeah. it was just. Uh, I left him a voicemail, and then he got back to me through email, and uh, he said everything through email is better because it's uh, his legal team can can look at everything. The Lucasfilm legal team, which makes sense, and again, it has nothing to do with Lucasfilm. Like, right? They are they were fine with it, you know, and um, and have you yeah. thought? So, have have you thought about contesting the claim? Yeah. So the thing with that is, if I do that, then uh, I'm most likely going to lose. Yeah. Um, and then they will strike my channel, and then they're going to delete the whole video, the movie. Yeah. So. Yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, so, ha- have you pretty much resigned yourself to saying it is what it is? On to the next thing. That's yeah. That's where I am. They want to get the money. Do Go you, ahead. Do you feel that in some way Disney broke the spirit of their word? Yeah. And how yeah. does that make you feel? I mean, like, like how, how does that not only make you feel, but how does that inform you moving forward? Because when I saw that amethyst lightsaber inside of that uh, hole in the ground, I was like, oh, man, I can't wait to see uh, this moment, right? Yeah. Because it's the moment Part where... Part two, or episode two. You know, I mean, it was Anakin who cut off his arm. Mm-hmm. Like the hatred yeah. and the anger that Mace Windu must have for Anakin is a story that I can't believe they haven't already said, hey, we're going to put some money and tell that story. Um, 
so how does that affect having Disney potential, you know, having broken their word or the spirit of their word with you? How does that influence you moving forward with episode two? Um, well, if you think of it like this, like if I was a little candle before, uh, take some, some gasoline and throw it on that candle. So that's me now. <laughs> yeah, I like to hear that. I love that. I love that. You know, I, it's interesting because I – when we were tagged a lot on Twitter and I saw your video and I was like, well, yeah. I mean I, I – Disney's going to do this. And But then to hear your voice, to actually hear it in the process you went through, I found myself changing. I found myself getting pissed for you. <laughs> which I didn't which yesterday Riley never gets pissed no I don't so. and, but yesterday I was like yeah you know and not and no offense to the work because I know you know I made my own short Star Wars fan film um, and it was yeah. you know and we made it for like I think $20,000 and that's $20,000 I knew we'd never get back that's fine and so I, I yeah. could look at you and go hey dude this is the this is the game we're playing you know when you're playing and you're going up against Disney or Lucasfilm or whatever but in this case Disney you go, yeah, you're, you're, you're going to lose the money. But it's almost like – and again, hearing you talk about this, you put so much time, passion, in the fans responded so much, so much so that we had a whole episode on it. And we said, what can Disney learn from this? Because yeah. I looked at the Star Wars stories themselves. I wanted an Obi-Wan movie. But I looked at yours and I went – this is how you do it. You go in. You look at the characters. It, it's done with great love. You're obviously a fan. You know the mythology. Consistency. Hey, Disney, you can you can kind of learn that. You learn something from that yeah. rather than you know firing off a couple directors at one point. You know, like sticking with the vision of a filmmaker is important. So yeah. now I'm on the other side hearing you talk. There's a human angle to this where I did. I went, yeah, that's. I'm sorry. I'm going to say it. That's fucked up, man. Yeah. I don't. I don't like yeah. that they did that, but I understand it. I understand that this sure, that yeah. they're gonna they're gonna stri- put yeah. a strike yeah. on you. But do you think? I think you. Uh, it wasn't a strike. Think, it was a claim, which is very claim. different. Claim, yes, which is very different because what it means is, thank you very much for such impressive work, mm-hmm. but now you work for me, right? You know, yeah. um, so it's not like you're creating something for the fandom and for the fandom to be able to enjoy. You're, it's, it's a little bit more sinister than that because you're saying, hey, we wanted no part of this and you have all these rules, but those rules don't apply to me. And that's fair because they own the IP and they can do whatever they want. Like that's the, you know, the, the benefit of ownership. But for there not to have been, I think, at least some outreach. There's been no communication with you or anything like that. There's been zero. There's, there's, they never reached out and they never said, hey, cool movie. You know, it, it was just, here's the, here's the claim, dude. Here's the In the words of Darth Vader, pray that we don't change the agreement any further type right. of thing, right? Yeah. Deals get worse all the deal. time. <laughs> Do I say it again, yeah. SWT? We have, altered, we have altered the deal, but pray we don't alter it any further. Right? <laughs> yeah. Pretty much what they're saying. Yeah, exactly. So, so look, uh, he's going to come in on Monday. We'll talk a lot more stuff, but I... Um, I do want to uh, sh- – first of all, SWT, is there anything else that, 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 that you want to talk about it, in regards to the Vader fan film? Uh, nothing really. I'm just really excited to get on for episode two. Um, this, none of this could have happened without you know beautiful crew that we had behind the scenes and the VFX crew and everything. And it was really a passion project that came together. And um, at the end of the day, if uh, Disney or Warner Chapel or whoever wants to claim it and take the money – I don't care, man. You know, it wasn't made for them. It was made for the fans. The money can go wherever it wants to go. But mm. at the end of the day, uh, the emotions were elicited by the fans, and, and, and they felt that, and they enjoyed it. So I'm happy. All right, so one VFX shot. You brought up the VFX team. One VFX shot that I absolutely loved. First of all, there's two things that really hit me about the movie. Um, one thing that I will give Disney credit for, it did seem like Darth Vader's lightsaber style was very reminiscent of what you saw him do in the corridor in Rogue One. Hmm. Did you have some yep. inspirations? For, first of all, how did you get the whole fight choreograph thing uh, uh, put together? Well, we had a, a stunt team. We had a, we had a choreographer. Um, and then the rest was just uh, Dupree himself, who has studied Vader for about eight or nine years now. And he knows the movements. You know, He knows the fo- lightsaber fighting style. He's part of the Saber Forge. Um, oh, nice. Uh, yeah, so I mean, like, 
the guy knows his stuff. And yeah. he even had him using his left hand in the film. So he was he was just he was he was great. He was a natural. Why does does God did, have I not realized that that Vader fights with his left hand? Or does he use both? Because in the in Rogue One he is using the left hand. You're absolutely right. Well, I, I always go to Empire because it was something I noticed growing up being a geek. I was like, look at Vader just using one hand with his lightsaber and his right hand, I thought. You know, he's dueling, yeah, he, he's dueling Luke with his right hand. Hold on, but in, in Rogue One, it is his right hand. It is his right hand. It is. It is. Okay. The, the problem with that was, first of all, it was a dream. So, you know, we can switch things around. Sure, but also, sure. he is ambidextrous. Okay. And yeah. third, the, the set was just in a way where we were like, He's gonna be, you know, he's gonna have to use his left hand, otherwise we're gonna see his back hold. <laughs> right. And we didn't want to see that. So yeah. sometimes you gotta change it up. You so, gotta, you gotta shoot. You gotta yeah. block. You got cam camera angles. Yeah. That's, you gotta make do. But, but look, yeah, what... exactly. So I mean, we we thought, you know, he walks in, he chokes the emperor. He's so mad, he uses his right hand, and then uh, the clones come in, and, and he's got to which so, oh, so. I love the use of the clone troopers, but also, you know, what I loved is. Uh, the fact that he stops all the lasers. Yeah, that's what I was going to get into. Right? So, yeah, 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 just to kind of show, like, <laughs> yeah. we saw Kylo Ren do it in Force Awakens. It's like, yeah, beer. Grandpa can do it better than this. Come on. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, that was, that was the thing. I mean, if Kylo can do it, you know, Granddaddy can do it better. Exactly. Yeah, that's awesome. So, all right, so look, um, and I want to talk about this more on Monday, so maybe we'll save it, but I want to get a little bit more into your ideas for the second episode um, okay. But we can save that a little bit um, for for uh, for Monday. But I do want to ask sure. you a little bit. Um, what what are you excited about with Star Wars this year? I, look, uh, your channel's great. You have such good, awesome Star Wars content on there. What's getting Thank you really you. excited for uh, for uh, twenty nineteen? Well, we've got the Clone Wars, and I'm above everything. I'm really excited for the Qui Gon book. Oh I'm yeah, really looking forward to. That's right. Yeah. Is there is there a Qui Gon book? There's going to be a standalone Qui Gon book. Yeah, yeah. Do we know yeah. who the writer is? So it, it, uh, Claudia Gray. Oh, okay. oh, that's, there it is. That's Harbaugh's that's favorite even, writer. Yeah, she did Bloodline, uh, not Bloodlines, and uh, Lost Stars, which okay. are the my yeah. two favorites. Yeah, so I, I think it's going to be good, man. Like, and it's apparently supposed to show him treading into the dark side. Oh. So. That's perfect. <laughs> Pretty That's cool. Perfect. Yeah. You just got the geek side from me. It's like, oh, yeah, because Qui-Gon was what I mean. So this is know. before he takes Obi-Wan as his apprentice, um, probably? I think this is uh, this is during. During? Is like, yeah, I think so. Okay. Unless it spans like a, many years with him as Dooku's apprentice and all that. Oh, which means we'd get to see Dooku, too, probably. Yeah. So... Right. Ken Napsok, yeah, no, I'm excited. Ken Napsok's dream has always been to get a Dooku movie. You know, mm -hmm. so... Um, yeah. So yeah, look, I'm very pumped about Clone Wars as well. I'm obviously pumped about Episode Nine. I can't wait to see what they do with it. Yeah, and Episode Nine. I'd like to see what happens and and how. I think JJ is going to do a great job. So yeah, we're all crossing our fingers on that one as well. Yeah, I can't yeah. wait. Obviously, in the Mandalorian, obviously because of the lineup of directors there. Uh, I mean, just in general, um, we'll probably. I'm going to just put a pin in this one, but we'll save it for the next episode. I mean, with all the Last Jedi divisiveness, where did you land with the Last mm -hmm. Jedi? I wasn't a fan. Wasn't a fan? I got my work no, cut I, out for I, me I, when you guys come like, in then. <laughs> yeah, I feel like Ryan Johnson doesn't know who Luke is. I, I don't I don't think he really understood the character. And that's what Mark was trying to portray to him the whole time behind scenes. And, uh, well, what can you do? Yeah. Yeah, it's all, it's all like, as the great Woody Allen uh, uh, says in one of his movies, it's all blood under the bridge at this point. Yep. Well, yep. I, I'm hoping. Yep. We did a whole video on it, but I was hoping that, you know, we were introduced to kind of these force flashbacks with Ray touching the lightsaber and then the, the Rashomon kind of three different things mm -hmm. that happened with Luke and Kylo Ren. I'm still hoping there's like a, a Luke and Kylo Ren flashback where we see and we get like you mentioned Qui-Gon. You get like Qui-Gon, Obi-Wan kind of feelings or Obi-Wan, Anakin kind of feelings. Yeah. yeah. Look, well, it's supposed to, like, apparently we're going to get that because there's. I don't know about these rumors and stuff, but there are talks of uh, people on set or something seeing Mark Hamill a lot without his beard, which means they're probably going to use CGI anti-aging stuff. So, oh wow, know. I'm calling it, man. I wow, know it's a rumor, that's big. but that's what I was going for. You can do yeah. that now. I it could, yeah. Look, I I there's. 
people know me on on this show. I love the Last Jedi. I loved what they did with Luke. It, it did resonate with mm-hmm. me. And this is a Luke Skywalker guy. This mm-hmm. is a guy that told everybody in, in the neighborhood to start calling me Luke Skywalker at age five. <laughs> um, yeah. But um, but you know, I can I can look and see some of the things that I wish they would have done differently. One of them, pick up Luke at the end of the movie. You know, yeah, right. and we can see him in nine, but. What is it? Blood under the bridge. Blood under the bridge. Look, I. Uh, you know, I, I can I can understand his character changing. Uh, I think that's very yeah. real to life. Mm-hmm. But I just feel like I don't know. He could have been a little bit more Lukeish. You know what I mean? Like yeah. a little more ready to take on the role, or not not so sad. Yeah, for me, for me, it all boils down to the biggest thing we ever learned about Luke was that he would that he refused to give up on his father. Um, and even when Obi-Wan Kenobi told him, well, if you are really not giving up on your father, then the Emperor's already won. Right. Like his closest confidant telling him, you have to give up on your father. You must face Vader. And Luke, despite everything that he's being told by all the people that obviously care about him, he says, no, they're still good in him. I can feel it. Um, this, is, yeah. this is what Luke was all about. And for that to so easily go away with his nephew – it just brings up a million questions that I don't feel that Lucasfilm properly answered. I haven't um, seen, yeah. yeah. I mean, this is a whole other so, podcast yeah, for another time because we can maybe like, get in that when like, you're look, in here. SWT, to be honest with you, our listeners have put me on a timeout because I'm constantly kind of ragging on The Last Jedi a little bit. So I have to be a little bit okay. nicer you, about it. But like, it's yeah, just, there's, there's a lot of that, I know. If, yeah. you, if you're in studio. If you're in studio, you'd see me pacing like Darth Maul waiting for Qui-Gon with uh, Fernandez. I'm like, don't do it. Don't do it. Yeah, so, so look, uh, but I'm with you. I think, um, I think JJ's a very smart dude, and I think that he understands that there's a responsibility in Episode Nine to try to yeah. bring it back a little bit from where the last yeah. Jedi took it. And I actually think he's the right guy to do it. Agreed. Yeah. 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 I think he'll do well. Good. So look, um, let's uh, looking forward uh, for you to coming in the studio uh, next week here yeah. in Burbank. We'll show you around. We'll get you on the show. We'll talk more Star Wars. Talk a little bit about cool. Episode Two and just uh, just riff on some crazy stuff. Do you also do a lot of Star Wars gaming, or did you back in the day? I used to back in the day, and I'm I, I do it now. You know, on the channel and stuff. I just started this new one. I don't know if you saw one of my latest videos, but it is so hilarious, man. It's called Movie Duels. And it's like you can take these alternate realities of like, uh, I don't know, like Anakin versus Grievous or like Obi-Wan versus Palpatine or something. It, it, it's it's really fun. Cool. cool. Oh, I so, like that. Yeah, we'll check yeah. that out. Yeah. All right. Awesome, man. So, look, um, guys, you know, thank you so much. And literally, look, I'm going to be totally uh, forthcoming with our audience. We hit up SWT maybe 10 minutes before we went live. And yeah. SWT was very gracious and said, let's talk. Knowing that he's already coming in on Monday, but that whole thing happened yesterday with the claim. We felt that we wanted to talk about it. At the end of the day, there's not a lot to really say. It kind of is what it is, right? They own the IP. It kind of feels like a little bit of a stab in the back, to be honest, to me, because uh, SWT was coming from a place of passion, and uh, Warner Chapel has turned it into a financial thing. Um, and that's not how it started or the intentions of it. But look, ultimately, people that own IP have rights, right? So it is what it is. Yep. Um, SWT being very gracious about that as well, you know? Yeah. Just talking to you in person, again, when I go back to hear your voice, to the, to get a little history, to hear the passion, you know, that that affects me because, you know, you don't like it to hear that these big conglomerates don't even know. Like I just feel like it was something in their system something flagged. I doubt it. And they went. I doubt that. Well, no, at least the flag in the system. And then it and then the the quality of your film traveled up. I have no doubt traveled up to the higher echelons where everybody looked. And I hope they got a little bit of a of a. Oh, OK. Yeah. I hope it did. I hope it gave them some ideas. Well, I, I wish they would have just like, you know, emailed me or something like, hey, like, nice job, you know. Did you? <laughs> we think we're gonna take take the money for this, and I'd be like, "Yeah, that's ridiculous. Okay. That's sure. ridiculous. I, yeah. I don't monetize it anymore. It just get just, but neither here nor there. That is, we'll get a little bit deeper when you come in. Um, you did mention, did they ever respond to you? Did you already mention that, and I missed that, or did you get something in writing from Warner Chaplin, or 
they they responded uh, yeah, to you? They, they they responded to my network, and my network is kind of like my agent. I, I literally about to upload a video on it right now. Um, mm-hmm. They said they're very firm on it. It's theirs, um, so they they claimed it. They want it. They claimed it. They want it. What did they? Anyway, buying craft service over there for everybody with your money. <laughs> Look, soon, soon we will reveal. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah, I guess. Eh? <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I don't know. It's if you, a bummer, man. Look, I'm sorry to hear that. Look, and I stand by that. It's still a breakfast budget relative to all of that Disney spent. On oh the yeah. Movie. Even though it's a lot more, maybe it's for a week instead of a day. Um, but look, man, wonderful job. Look forward to meeting you in person, and uh, may the force be with you, brother. Hey, thanks, guys. May the force be with you, too. See you soon. Yeah, so that was – what can I say? That was that. Um, how? I mean, look, to be honest with you, one of the things that hit me the most was how accepting he is of the situation. Yeah, yeah, and that's, that's what got to me again. When, you, when, when you're finally – you know, there's something about hearing a person's voice. You know, whether it's being up in, in, in person, which we'll get next week, but hearing a person's voice, putting that face. And, and, and I believe Danny Ramirez will also be Danny Ramirez us. will also be here. So for the fans out there, we'll have SWT, uh, Star Wars Theory himself, and Danny Ramirez, the director, in studio talking more Star Wars. You know, and like we don't want to belabor this stuff too much, but it's an interesting topic, and it's one that I just – we love talking to other Star Wars fans that actually put their money where their mouth is. Yeah, and that's the thing. I Yeah, I want to talk to to fans, and, and the, you, you have no bigger fan who started a channel. One of the biggest channels. The biggest channels there is now for Star Wars. But also you, you have no idea. This is where it goes out of Star Wars and into filmmaking and goes to my heart because I've done that. I've been on a set. And I've made a movie, spent hundreds of thousands of dollars that I never saw again, got some bad reviews, some good reviews. But I know what it's like to put your money where your mouth is, and that is what I respect the most. Mm-hmm. And then when you get this bullshit strike or claim – sorry, i got to change my, my phrasing on it. <laughs> yeah. um, I get, and again, I'm, I'm trying to walk the middle here. I get it. Yeah. You know, you're putting a Star Wars film out there. You're going to get a claim. I mean I thought it was inevitable when you have something that great. But then you get – you just keep going a little bit deeper and you wish that yeah. these – you know, that there was somebody up there that could go, no, no. And look, and again, it, it for me, it and maybe I'm looking at the past with rosy colored glasses, but like – and it was a very, very different world back when George was running uh, Lucasfilm and how his team was running the fan – fiction stuff, and it seems like a lot of those people are actually still there, mm-hmm. uh, carried over. But it it doesn't seem like this kind of potentially petty claim for f- a few seconds of an imperial march to monetize the entire movie is something that is in the spirit of what Lucas had intended when he created uh, or opened the floodgates to the fans to create their own content, mm-hmm. you know? And to me, that has to be a message again to Disney uh, and Lucasfilm that it's it's not so much about getting your house in order, but it's about being very clear with the responsibility that you have towards the fans. I couldn't agree more. And and also, I'll, I'll be quite honest. I hate that it just stoked the division a little bit more. Hmm. You know, I hate that. I'm going to have to now, you know, it's like Disney shill aside, Disney like it's about Star Wars for me, not about yeah. Disney. I'm I'm judging the movie. And I know it comes from Disney and I know that that can get weird for some people out there that think that you're shilling or you that you have a Disney agenda or you just like Star Wars, you like anything Star Wars. Get rid of that fucking shit. I want to talk about Star Wars. I love Star Wars and I love what this guy did, but there is about there is something that happens when you go, "Oh god, this is a big conglomerate. This is somebody that's picking on the little guy, and you see it here. And that's where I'm like, okay, wh- where are you going to put that money? What are you going to do with this money? Yeah. Like, wh- like seriously, I, I made that joke. Because you know that if SWT would get that money, he would re- reinvest every dime into episode two. Absolutely. All he wants to do is see Mace Windu up there uh, reclaim his revenge on Anakin, Darth uh, Vader. Right. And – you know, now it becomes harder. Now it becomes – now not only is the financial barrier there, which has always been there, but now you have an extra barrier, which is in the back of your head. Are you like, am I making this only so that somebody can take my work 
trivialize it and make some money off of it to feed some, you know, subdivision of some subdivision of some subdivision. It's a little disheartening. It is disheartening. He's the rebellion now, and that's the empire. You know, yeah. the empire's coming look, in. We love Disney. Let's not, you know, like, I can't wait for Spider-Man uh, Far From Home. I can't wait for Endgame. I can't oh, wait yeah. for Episode Nine. I've actually been dying to go back to Disney World. I haven't been there in about, you know. Again, that, yeah. Yeah. That's, that goes without saying. I want to see their movies. But when when this happens, it, d- it does seem petty, and I don't, and I wonder, yeah, what, what are you going to do with that? What are you doing with that? What can you possibly, because he agreed to not monetize it, period. That was set forth by Lucasfilm. No monetization, no crowdfunding. You do this. He followed the rules. He followed the rules, and now they're monetizing it and taking the money. That's ridiculous to me. That's yeah. ridiculous. Well, look, man, we're coming in hot. Um, in yeah, 2019. I got a little. Yeah, I got a, Yeah, we're yeah. coming in hot. Twenty nineteen. Is there any Star Wars news that's out there that we haven't talked about? I'm trying to think off the top of my head what came out. I mean, we know. Episode nine is, is you know getting ready to finish shooting. I hope to God that rumor is true that we're having. A, we don't have a name yet. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No the, name. Oh, you, you guys heard it here. Uh, SWT talked about a beardless uh, Mark Luke, Hamill on set. Which I'm gonna I'm gonna say it. Hey, Mark Hamill's been out there without a beard at one point. Yeah, he had it shaved at one point, and people lost their mind and went, "What's going on?" I guess Force Ghost Luke is not going to have a beard. Maybe that's true. Maybe not. I yeah. don't know. That's just rumors as of now. I'm not putting a lot into it, but when I hear that from somebody that you know does this and follows Star no Wars, no news about the name yet, huh? Yeah, no news about the name. You know, one thing: if we didn't have all this stuff um, to talk about with the Vader uh, a fan film and all these things, I actually was thinking that we could have done an episode about that article that I believe came out in the Hollywood Reporter about all the new uh, Episode Nine uh, names, right? Yeah, um, the, I, I think the name that I particularly liked was uh, Episode Nine, The Knights of Ren. Mm-hmm. I thought that that was an interesting name. Like when I saw that name, I was like, well, wait a minute. That name sounds pretty good. Yeah, I don't like it too much because it, it doesn't feel like a, a like a trilogy capper. No, it doesn't. It kind of it, it feels like a middle. It does feel like a middle. You know, because if you're going to reintroduce the Knights of Ren that were introduced in Force Awakens. You missed your opportunity with Last Jedi. So – and I don't know if that's Ryan Johnson or JJ or Disney or Kathleen Kennedy or the, the guy who was serving craft service that day. Basically, we don't know who to turn to. We don't know. Like there's a famous Harry S. Truman line, the buck stops here. We don't know where the buck stops with, with Lucasfilm. That's just the reality. I, I, I would love to be a fly on the wall with some of those conversations. Um, to, to your point though, I've heard Son of Darkness, mm-hmm. Rise of the Rebellion. Um, Ooh, that would be a terrible name. Uh, I don't like that again because it's like Rise of the Rebellion feels like a first chapter, yeah, a middle chapter. It doesn't feel like the last. So some people said Balance of the Force. I've heard um, something had Jedi in it, and I'm doing my brain. I'm trying to remember. I like. I always like the one that you and I came up with, Return of the Sith. Return of the Sith to me, or, or something like, like like not. It's a little too close to like Revenge of the Sith and Return of the Jedi. It's kind of like the two mixed together, right? It but is. There's something there as yeah, the third but it part. feels it feels circular. It feels like it, it it could. That's that's the thing, you know. If you go off of the Last Jedi, I don't think we'll see another Jedi in the title. Yeah, I'm just kind of going off of the fact that we've right, had we've Return Jedi. of the Jedi. We've gone two Jedi last in the title. Mm-hmm. The Sith no longer exists because uh, somebody made a good point on Twitter the other day, which was like, if you bring the Sith back, then you kind of uh, undermine or demean uh, Darth Vader's and Anakin's entire um, story arc. And there's some truth to that. You know what? I, I, the fact that you're saying that now made me go, you're right. I didn't think of that, and I've been I've been banging the drum. I do want some Sith action or re, re, Return of the Sith. Yeah, um, which, which that's and true, that, and that's why Return of the Sith could be interesting as a rebirth of the Sith, mm-hmm. or maybe it's rebirth of the Sith, whatever it is. But um, that one uh, Twitter follower did make a new, an interesting point that it negates um, the Darth Vader storyline if he didn't, in fact, bring balance to the Force and, and destroy the Sith. But all that really tells me is that the starting point of the new trilogy should have taken that more into account Mm -hmm. than they did and had an insidious rise where you saw the rise of the Knights of Ren, saw the rise potentially of Snoke and everything that led into it. Because like 
the movie starts and it's already all happened. It's already right. it's like it's all it's a chia pet. Uh, it's like buying the chia pet with all the grass already all over it. You know. <laughs> um, but look, anyway, man. Um, good to be back. Good to be back. Good to have you yeah. back. Sorry about the Tuesday Wednesday thing. We're still trying to figure it out, guys. I think now we're going to try to keep going on Tuesdays. We're going to keep going on Tuesdays for now. Um, this uh, this will drop on Collider videos. It'll be on Tuesdays on the main channel. You can always find us on Podcast One podcast feed under the Jedi Council feed. We're going to go every Tuesday now. So mark your calendars. We'll see how that works. But last week's episode, got to thank everybody. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Thank you for embracing us. Thank you for letting us play in the Jedi Council sandbox that we're all in now. Um, At Mark Fernandez on Twitter, at Riley Around on Twitter, you can find us there. Hit us up with some questions. Drop in some comments on this video. We do look at them. We do want to hear from you. We love your questions. Sometimes your questions just turn it into a complete show. So stay tuned, though. We will have Star Wars Theory and the director of the Vader fan film on next week in person. We'll talk a little bit more of that. We also will go – let's get sweaty. Let's get nerdy yeah, let's, with those yeah. guys. Yeah, let's get sweaty. I want to get more. Let's I want to hear more video about – games, talk comics, talk movies. Let's just talk Star Wars. And why don't you send us some questions? Hit us up on Twitter. Yeah. Go go ahead and, yeah, and do, hit them up on Twitter as well. Yeah, ask what do you want questions. us to ask Star Wars Theory and Danny Ramirez? Great point, yes. Yeah, yeah. hit us up. Hit us up. So that will do it. That's episode 22. Wow, 22 episodes in. Thank you very much. It's rule of two. We'll see you next Tuesday with the, ca- the with the cast. I wish I I wish we had the cast with the crew of Star Wars theories, Vader fan film, shards of the past. See you next week. Rise. Napa know how. Get all the quality parts you need at your locally owned Napa. Because right now, when you order from Napa Online, you can pick up curbside at your local store in just 30 minutes. Or get your order delivered direct to your door with free one-day shipping and over 160,000 quality parts when you spend $35 or more. Quality parts delivered quickly and safely. That's Napa Know-How. Napa Know-How. At participating stores, standard ground shipping and exclusions apply. It's that little Chico Pitbull, Mr. 305, better said Mr. Worldwide, and I'm here to tell you about my new podcast, From Negative to Positive, brought to you by my friends over at State Farm. I believe that to have success, you got to play the game, so that the game doesn't play you. You know, the biggest risk you take is not taking one. It's very important that you make sure that you make the most out of your money, especially when it comes to insurance. State Farm offers surprisingly great rates. They have great agents standing by helping you personalize your coverage. All this is backed up by award-winning, easy-to-use technology. It's a great price with an even greater service. When you want the real deal, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there.